Hello, everyone. Welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 194. You know, God has always given us a lot of freedom on how far we want to go. I mean, how seriously do we want to take all of this? How much do we want it to affect our lives? It's like, do we want better coping skills? Do we want a sense of direction? Do we want purpose and meaning? Do we want a little self-improvement? Well, Jesus would say, if that's all you want, don't bother looking to me because I want everything or nothing. Yeah, I want everything or nothing. This is the way he teaches. Partial interest doesn't really work. Because it's like nobody wants partial healing, right? If we're sick, if we don't feel well, we don't want partial healing. If our bodies don't feel well, we, we want complete recovery. We want to get back to full strength. So the same is true in our spiritual, emotional lives. If, if, if we want complete recovery, then Jesus would say, fine. Then God needs access, access to all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. It's the whole thing, right? If you want complete recovery, God needs this kind of access. All of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind. In other words, the parts of us that we withhold are the parts that remain broken. The parts that, that stay broken are the parts that cause us pain. Yeah. So if you've ever wondered why Jesus has these, you know, such extreme teachings, you know, unless someone comes and follows me and leaves everything behind, they're not worthy to be my disciple. Unless you leave it all behind, it's like, what is that all about? Well, it's really about this idea that if we want to receive everything God has for us, then God needs to have access to our whole story. And by the way, God knows our complete story. God knows everything that's happened to us, what we struggle with, why we struggle. I mean, maybe we've, our whole life, we've struggled with always feeling guilty or always feeling shame or always feeling inadequate or always thinking that we don't really belong. Maybe our whole life we've constantly worried about, um, for as long as we can remember, somebody that we love or we can't seem to find our place in this world. Or maybe we expect too much of ourselves and we feel overwhelmed by life. Well, whatever our story is, you know, God already knows this about us. And the invitation to follow is Jesus, one of his favorite phrases, right? Come follow me. That invitation to follow is always, always, always about doing life differently. It's always about doing life differently. It's like, yeah, well, how much do you want it all to affect your life? 
Because when you look around, you know, when you think about this, this whole idea of following Christ, when you look around, it appears that there's lots of people, the majority of people really, uh, living without paying much attention to God. Good people I'm talking about, busy people, raising families, living their lives, trying to make the world a better place. And there was plenty of people like that in Jesus' day also. And this is a parable. We're going to be looking at a parable for the banquet today. And this is a parable about how we can miss out on all that God has for us. It's a parable about how we can we kind of make up excuses and tell ourselves all sorts of stories. And the end result is, is that we, we can miss out everything that God has for us. And actually, it's a warning parable. In fact, in Matthew's version of the parable, the parable ends with this line, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So anytime you read a story, and the end line is, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, you know that it's a warning of sorts. And, he, and he's, Jesus has quite a few stories, quite a few parables that end with, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Meaning, um, you want to pay attention to this because you could end up regretting this if you do this. Or the old language is, you could end up weeping and gnashing your teeth if you go down this path. Because this is something that can easily, easily happen. So this is the parable. And the parable begins with invitations going out to this great, lavish banquet. So stories about a feast. A lavish banquet and many, many, many guests were invited. And the servants of the king are told to go out and tell the guests that everything is ready. Now, this is when the parable gets kind of weird and strange because the guests say no for various reasons. Um, so it would be like, for example, saying no to a state dinner if you were in the if you were in, lived in North America. Because that would be kind of a cool thing to be invited to, right? Or if you were invited to Buckingham Palace for, to a garden party. So that'd be kind of a cool thing to be invited to. And if you're not interested in a state dinner, and if you're not interested in Buckingham Palace, then it would be like being invited to a dinner at a Michelin star restaurant and everything is paid for. Right, just to sort of get you into the mode of what is being offered here. You would want to pick one of your best Michelin star restaurants and the host says, okay, well, I'm hosting this at this Michelin star, one of the best restaurants in the country, and you're invited to come. That's the mood of the parable. So, I mean, it's a parable, right? So you get to use your imagination. This grand meal, all good things on the table, the invitation goes out. So the weird part is, the strange part is, nobody really wants to come. Well, why? Well, uh, one said, by the way, the text is Luke 14, and there's also a parallel 
uh, text in uh, Matthew for those of you who want to know where all this stuff's coming from. Um, one said, well, I just bought a field, so I can't come. And one said, well, I just, I want to try out this five yoke of oxen that I bought, so I'm busy. And another one said, uh, well, I just got married, so I don't really have time for that. There's really kind of flimsy excuses in a way, because it's like the text said, they made light of it. So the parable's saying the invitation went out and the people aren't interested. So the servant goes back, reports this to the king, the host, king's angry, and he says, okay, well, look, everything's prepared and I want the house full. So I want you to go back out and invite everyone you see because I want this food eaten. The table's filled, so go out and fill it with whoever will say yes. And as for those who say no, okay, then they don't get, they don't get to taste the banquet. They don't, that's the end result. They miss out. They don't, get, they don't get any of the food. And then Matthew ends up, even with a stronger warning, of, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So however you read weeping and gnashing of teeth, it means like there's a whole lot of regret and uh, pain because you're weeping, right? You're gnashing your teeth. It's like, oh, no, why? I, 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 I could have been so stupid. And that's how the parable ends. So what is all this about? Well, you know, there's many, many different ways to read the parable. The first people, the very first readers 2,000 years ago, actually... The, the mini, it's like a mini history lesson of the Old Testament, summed up in a parable here. And because uh, much of the First Testament, the Hebrew Testament, the Old Testament, what we call the First Testament, is filled with stories of God calling people and then people not listening and then people getting into trouble and then God rescuing them. And, you know, once you notice this theme, if you read the scripture, the, the Old Testament, this is going to, once you notice this, you will see it time and time and time again. Actually, all you have to do is read the Exodus and the book of Exodus to see this theme. God calls people, uh, people don't listen, people get into trouble, God rescues people. Uh, this goes on and on and on and on and on. And it's really not about ancient Israel. I mean, it is about ancient Israel, but it's really about humanity. That's why these stories have stood the test of time. And that's why these stories, we uh, read them thousands of years later and we see patterns in these stories that it's like oh hold on here this isn't just about some ancient people turning their back on what is good this is like humanity this is what people tend to do so Jesus is saying that so the first people might have recognized the history of this but what Jesus is saying is, is that God has a table 
laden with good things. And people are empty. And people need all sorts of things. And for some reason or another, they say no to the banquet. This, they say no. And uh, it's like the, the whole metaphor of a banquet gives the impression that at our core, we are empty. We are hungry. Uh, we need, there's something missing. And it's the idea that God is like a host. And it's an image that says God wants to fill us and God doesn't want us to be empty. Now, this thought is found several places in the scriptures. In fact, 600 years before Jesus told this parable, the prophet Isaiah said a very similar thing. He'd say, why don't you come if you're thirsty and come to the water and drink? You don't need any money. Everything's free. Don't spend your money on stuff, junk food that doesn't satisfy. Fill yourself with the finest of fear that God is offering you. Now, he's not speaking about physical food here. He's speaking about a different kind of hunger, a different kind of emptiness. You might want to call it a parched soul, but it's the idea that life has a way of depleting us, and you can try and get filled up and look to the wrong kind of food to fill you up. So it's like, if people are hungry, and actually the scripture would say, people are born hungry, people are born empty. And the thing is, is that this world will never give you what you need. But you could spend a lifetime looking to be filled up and you could spend a lifetime looking at all the wrong things to give you that kind of satisfaction, to quench that thirst. Now, God's saying, I'm, I'm offering you the kind of food that fills the empty parts of you, okay? So we're talking about things here like a sense of belonging. People need that. We're talking about things like, things that people need, acceptance. They need a sense of security. People need a hope for the future. Where are you going to find that in this world? Or I'm offering you forgiveness so that you don't have to feel guilty. If you're the type of person that feels guilty, what's going on? What's going on? Why have you not been able to receive forgiveness? You know? What's going on there? That's a red flag, isn't it? Um, going back to the parables images, God's saying, I know that you're empty. I know your story, okay? I know your story. I know everything that's happened. Uh, I know 
why you are the way you are. I know why you are empty. I have a feast. Why are you making excuses not to come? And why are you looking to other things to fill you up? So this is a big theme in the scripture, not just Jesus, but the whole entire Bible. Jeremiah the prophet said the same, same thing. He said, uh, you know, people are dying here of thirst, soul thirst, but they're digging wells for themselves and the wells are leaking. They're digging these cisterns that aren't working. They're like a sieve. And yet they're desperately looking for meaning and purpose. They're digging these wells and it's not working. They're looking for help, all right, but they're, they're looking in all the wrong places. They know that something isn't right. They know that they're empty. But Jeremiah would say they're certainly not looking to God for any help, the ultimate source of life. They're making these sort of flimsy excuses and they're staying busy and they're buying fields and they're buying oxen and they're getting married and they're trying to fill their lives up as best they can. They have as many distractions as possible and in the end, they are still desperately empty. And all the prophets say, have said this down throughout millennium. All the prophets, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Jesus himself said, the world cannot give you what you need. So be aware of the stories that we tell ourselves, the excuses really, that we give uh, on why we don't move toward God. Because that's why the parable ends with the weeping and the gnashing of teeth in a way. And uh, yeah, it's like that can be a bit of a shocker when all is said and done because it's like, yeah, the well's empty and something's missing. And Jesus would say, yeah, you're right. Something is missing. And you can spend a lifetime uh, looking to fill the emptiness the wrong way. So... It's like, what are you spending your time on and is it fulfilling? Who or what are you looking to and is it enough for you? You say, no, no, it's not enough. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying different things and I'm looking for different things and I'm, I'm trying to pursue different things, but... Is it working? No, it's not working. It's uh, like I still feel empty. It's like, okay. Then that would be a sign that we are pursuing the wrong things. The wrong things. Now, yes, since we're living in this world, we do have to pursue things like uh, the right job and um, the right partner and uh, the, do all the stuff that we need to do for our children. And yes, of course, we live in this world. We do have to, uh, we have to have the right friends. Um, but you know, when all is said and done, that's, these are all wonderful gifts if we have them in place. 
Jesus would say, that isn't going to be enough. Not for soul thirst. Not, when, not, for, the, not for when you're really empty and hungry for more. There are certain things like this, like this deep sense of need for something more, that can only be filled in a communion, in a relationship, in a joining, in an awareness of God. It's the only, only thing. When that's in place, that gives a security and a stability so that you can move forward in the other areas. But if that's not in place, it's like there's no foundation, nothing else works. So that's why the parable always is. Yeah, there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Why? Because if you don't have the first thing first, nothing else works or matters. So that's why Jesus is very straightforward about this. Doesn't really beat about the bush. If you're empty, if something's missing, make sure you're looking to the right source of life. If something is not life-giving, if something is depleting, why are you doing it? You know, you get to turn that around and you get to move toward life. So something to consider if you're empty. If you're feeling a bit empty this week, if you're feeling depleted, if you're feeling like parched on the inside, could it be, could it be that you're eating from the wrong table, so to speak, that you're looking to the wrong things, that you're looking to junk food that kind of feels good for the moment, but it's not working in the long run? Do you need to delight yourself in the finest affair? That would be a different table, right? That would be a different kind of eating. And there's the prayer and the heart cry. God, we want to be looking to the right things in this world for life Oh, and help us not to make up some stupid excuse as a reason why we can't draw closer to you. Well, thank you for joining me. You've been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.